Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday, Jonathan Hood with you. So glad that you're with us. Hope that you got a chance to check out the podcast and the conversation I had with Shane Taylor, the baddest man on the planet from Ring of Honor. Great conversation with him. Also, I want you to check out the YouTube page as well, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on YouTube. We want you to subscribe there. And the same with Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. Here's a conversation with QT Marshall. You know that name? He's an AEW wrestler and producer. Does a great job with some of the young talent in the AEW. And we talk about what's going to happen on Wednesday night as we record this here on Tuesday morning. On Wednesday, the 24th, AEW's back in town. And this time, they're going to be at the Wintrust Arena in Chicago. Of course, you can catch AEW Dynamite at 8 Eastern, 7 Central on TNT. Of course, they're moving to TBS uh, in January. So, QT Marshall. Interesting conversation with him as we talk about his career, how wrestling has changed over the years. Of course, he's a former Ring of Honor wrestler as well, so we talk about that. And we talk about his matchup against Chicago's own CM Punk. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a 5,000 to one shot. QT Marshall, a heel's heel, will be taking on a CM Punk on Dynamite on Wednesday at Wintrust Arena in Chicago. Well, you talk about the supreme underdog. That's exactly what QT Marshall is. Here's my conversation now with QT as a man who is a trainer, who is a producer as well, as a professional wrestler for All Elite Wrestling. Hope that you have a great Thanksgiving holiday, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast as well as the YouTube page as well. We have really enjoyed 2021 as far as bringing this product to you, the listener, and so that's why I want you to give back by just subscribing and telling people that Jonathan Hood Talks Wrestling, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Here's my conversation now with QT Marshall. QT Marshall, the head of the Nightmare Factory producer, and he works for AEW, and he's with us here on ESPN Chicago. QT, Jonathan Hood, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you having me on here, and uh, I'm excited for tomorrow. You know, sold-out crowd, Wintrust Arena. Uh, Chicago's always been great to us. So. 
There's no, there's no question. I, I want to get your thoughts about the last event for AEW in full gear. Man, what, what a card it was from top to bottom. You know, you ever have that album, QT, where you say, boy, this is a no-skips album. You put on the record or you put on the CD, you're like, boy, this whole album is great. You can say that about full gear, can't you? Like I said, no-skips match. Everything was pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, I think AEW has been really good at doing that on every pay-per-view, honestly. Um, you know, but yeah, this one especially uh, more than more than the others, and it was great to have you know over ten thousand people in the arena in uh, Target Center, Minneapolis was really great to us, especially you know the fact that um, we kind of turned it around pretty quickly. So it was definitely a great event. I uh, wish I could have been on it, but I definitely had my hand in something you know backstage as well. So even if I don't get to go out there, I still get to you know uh, get that fixed in as well. QT, how much has the business changed since you began? Um, well, I think the world has changed, which makes every business change, uh, you know, and, and honestly for the better, you know, there's, there's just a lot more, uh, human decency out in the world now, uh, because the people that aren't decent are the ones that are, you know, kind of getting, uh, you know, as they say, canceled, uh, yeah. say. but, um, you know, it's just been great overall. And I think, you know, Tony Khan has done a great job, uh, when it comes to, you know, limiting our schedules and, and equal pay and everything that AEW kind of represents and it kind of makes the other companies out there kind of have to do the same thing or realize that they can't. Um, and, you know, we've seen that on both sides between, you know, obviously the WWE, but on top of that, you know, unfortunately with the stuff that happened with Ring of Honor and, you know, it is what it is, but uh, I think Tony's kind of helped change wrestling and uh, I don't mean to just brag about that because he's my boss, but he has, and he's changed it for the better. You know, you mentioned Ring of Honor. I want to talk to you about that because when I first saw you wrestle, it was at Ring of Honor, and I know that you wrestled in the Chicagoland area as well with Ring of Honor. Uh, that was sad news, I think, for a lot of wrestling fans because there was a time where when you were in the company, it was considered the AEW of its time, like the number, at least the number two brand. When that a story came out about Ring of Honor closing their doors, at least for the first quarter for 2022, what was your initial reaction to it? Yeah, I mean, it was upsetting, of course, because I have some friends that, you know, obviously work there, and, you know, there's history there, but, uh, you know, I think it's just a rebuilding phase, as far as I know, I don't know too much about it, and I don't, I obviously don't want to comment too much, but, you know, at the same time, you know, wrestling, it's like, you know, when I, when I didn't have a place to go in 2016, 2017, I knew that wrestling wasn't over for me, it was just a matter of finding a different outlet, and trying to, you know, if you give up, you're going to give up, but if you look at it on the bright side and, you know, try to look at the positives, you know, I would think like, wow, I'm not under contract anymore. I'm able to go do whatever, wherever. And right now is one of the best times in the history of professional wrestling to, you know, get out there and get your name out there with social media and, and all the stuff that's going on. I mean, there's just so many ways to be seen. So it's, it, it could be a great thing, you know, QT Marshall with us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. Don't forget, AEW Dynamite is on TNT, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. The head of the Nightmare Factory is with us here with Jonathan Hood on ESPN Chicago. Um, so could you tell us about some of the young talent that you've worked with? Because when we see Elevation and Dark, we're seeing so much young talent. Um, so many guys from the indies that are coming to AEW. Could you give us some of the young talent that you've really thought, boy, they're really coming along nicely. Um, I mean, the ones that are under contract, obviously Dante Martin is just, you know, somebody that we looked at and 
I think from a company standpoint, you know, he had his, his brother with him and, you know, maybe the brother was kind of, Darius was the one that kind of looked like he was going to be the one that shined and then obviously, unfortunately, uh, Darius didn't get injured and Dante's really kind of skyrocketed, uh, you know, and I, I had a match with him and Matt Seidel on dark with Aaron Solo and, you know, we tore it up, so someone like him, but then, yeah, of course, you know, being one of the people that kind of oversees who does come in that are not contracted, um, you know, definitely we look for guys that are making a little bit of a buzz. And also just the ones that, I know I'm going to regret saying this, but just continuously email, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, squeaky tire gets the oil, and persistence goes a long way with me um, and our team. So, but uh, there was another guy, J.J. Garrett, that I, you know, personally worked with. Of course, I can't forget Fuego. I mean, man, I was able to have some fun with that kid. And, and you know, we created our own storyline on Sammy's vlog that turned into a match that was one of, like, the well, the fans even said it was one of the greatest uh, pandemic dark matches, you know, because of the story that was built into it. And now that guy's got a contract with all the wrestling. So I think, uh, you know, for if you are a younger athlete out there, you know, it's, it's all about getting the reps in um, and training hard. And, of course, you know, when the time is right uh, and you're ready to be seen, then you should be seen. A lot of guys want to get seen right now and don't realize that they're probably not at that level yet. But, it, you know, we're also going to uh, give everyone a chance if, if we can. Well, listen, QT, you can understand if you're a young wrestler, you want to be on a hot property like AEW, right? I mean, that's 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 the dream. The dream is to wrestle, but also the dream is to be seen at a hot property with the arrow pointing up like AEW, right? Sure, and that's where the mistakes happen because the dream isn't to show up once and get a YouTube link and show your graphic on dark <laughs> right. or elevation and then never be seen again. And that's what I go through with all of my students. I have a rule with all my students that um, unless, you know, you walk through the curtain after, um, you know, if I don't believe you're ready, but you believe you are, if if you wrestle on dark or elevation or any, anything with all the wrestling and Tony himself or one of the EVPs, if they don't sign you after you're done, um, I call it like a loser leaves town match for you <laughs> because then you can't ask me again to come back because I, I'm protecting you by not putting you out there. That's why I'm doing it. It's not because uh, you know I'm trying to hold anyone back. I always say unless you look exactly like me and do everything exactly like I do, you're not going to take my spot. You know what I mean? Um, so it's it's a fun conversation to have with the with the students, and a lot of them do understand. Um, and of course, you know I do want to give them opportunities. And just like everyone out there, but at the same time, you have to figure out what opportunity is right for you. I, I went to WWE when I was 21 because I begged Bubba Ray Dudley to send me. I begged him and begged him and pleaded. And when I had my tryout match at 2 o'clock at SmackDown, I did really well, you know. But if you just looked at me and looked what I was, how I was physically, you know, and then all of the FCW being there at the same time, I had no business being there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It yeah. was like... But I was 21, and I just wanted to do it because everyone else was doing it. And you can only give one first impression. So, uh, I, you know, as I grew up, grew up and got older and more mature, I realized, like, maybe that was a mistake. But, yeah, um, it's the only way to learn, you know? QT, do you remember the first time that someone saw you work and they were very impressed and it surprised you? Do you remember that time? Who was that wrestler that told you, man, you really are really good in this ring. You're very smooth. Uh... Arn Anderson. Really? Believe it or not. Yeah, at WWE, I did a tryout match in 2015, 
And Arn Anderson pulled me aside and told me uh, he was very, very, very impressed and that if I didn't get a job with WWE at the time, it had absolutely nothing to do with me being uh, my in-ring work. And that if I was in the 80s, uh, you know, I would early 90s, late 80s, I would have made a lot of money in the territory. So, And I, I remember thinking, like, I can go home and as much as, you know, of course I wanted the job, I could probably go home and be happy knowing that you know, that was one of the greatest compliments I could ever receive. That That is awesome. From Arn Anderson, a guy that's traveled the roads for many years. That, I mean, it had to be butterflies after that, right? Yeah, and then I punched him in the face five years later. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> QT Marshall with us on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. They're coming to Chicago, the Wintrust Arena. First time running the Wintrust Arena, AW Dynamite, again, on Wednesdays, 8, 7 Central on TNT. And so, um, and so you were trained by the Dudleys. Was Larry Zabisco part of your training as well? Yeah, so I originally trained at the Monster Factory in New Jersey with Larry Sharp. Yeah. Um, and his, you know, his coaching staff. And then I moved to Florida. I trained with Bubba and Devon. And after that, um, you know, once I, Bubba and I kind of decided that really, you know, I needed to go out there and spread my wings, as they say. Um, you know, Larry had, so he was helping out over at a place. So I went over there. Um, and then, you know, the owner of that place had a, a scandal going on. So I left there. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that time, I had signed with Ring of Honor. So I kind of just, not stop training. I moved back to New Jersey and I started retraining at the Monster Factory and helping out as a coach until, uh, you know, as everyone has seen probably from the documentary about me, uh, the WWE and I didn't work out. And then I decided to move to Georgia and open my own school, which, you know, led me to Cody and the rest is history, as I said. You know, you mentioned that you were talking. Yeah, yeah, yes, I do recall. Yes, I, I seen that too. <laughs> so, so QT, I, you talked about the state of AEW, and as I mentioned, the arrows pointing up. Everybody can see that. I just want to. Uh, could you just let us in internally for the meetings that you're having and the conversation you're having about what Tony and others are saying about the company? Because you know, week after week, whether it's you know the TV shows or the pay per views, there's so much good and so many so much positivity online about the company. So what's being said about where you are right now? Um, you know, honestly, so of course I would love to give everyone all the inside scoops. But my conversations with Tony are more or less, you know, he gives me the ideas for his ideas for the show and the order of the show. And then I kind of put them on the paper and we work on that together. But I think overall, I think I'd be lying if, if I didn't say that. Or if I said that, you know, we weren't happy about where we were. But at the same time, I think we, we do realize that we still need to grow. Um, we need to sell out every building. We need to, uh, you know, hit crazy ratings and, and just continuously become the greatest wrestling organization in the world because we believe that we are the greatest wrestling organization in the world. Um, I think it shows in, in the talent and the passion that they have and the creativity that we are afforded. Um, you know, there's no one that sits here and writes our scripts for us or anything like that. There's nothing against that. But at the same time, we just feel as, as wrestlers that we're able to tell our own story a lot better than someone else can. And that doesn't mean we don't ask for ideas and ask for help and this, that, and the other. Um, but at the same time, I think, and our fans see it as well. And the fans, and of course, 2020 was hard without them, yeah. you know. But now that we have them back, they're the most rabid, passionate fans. And the one thing I always try to explain to the younger, the younger athletes in AEW, and even like my students especially, is that 
wrestling fans that since they're back are very forgiving. But at the same time, when, what I mean by forgiving is, you know, if, if something doesn't look perfect, they're not going to, it's not like ECW back in the day where you took one wrong step and that whole crowd was throwing stuff at you in person <laughs> and stuff like that. Right. So our fans are completely different, but at the same time, you don't want to rub it in their face and you don't want to take advantage of that because then they're not going to be there eventually. Um, so, but yeah, I think overall, uh, you know, internally we are extremely happy, you know, with the way AEW has, has grown into what it's become and it has kind of become the place that everyone wants to go to. So I, I don't think you can ask for anything much better than that. Okay. When I go to AEW events, and I've been to more than a few in the Midwest, uh, in Chicago, Indi in um, Indianapolis, uh, in Milwaukee, well, the one thing that stands out about you is that you're, very, you're always confident. It doesn't matter what the odds are. It's confident. But in this situation, QT, in my hometown and CM Punk's hometown, this really is the Russians against the USA and the Olympic team in 1980. I mean, you I mean, you're against it, man. It is it is Chicago against you. And you're prepared for yeah. this, clearly. Right. You know this, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm OK with it. Right. Because here's the deal. I knew when I turned on the nightmare family that it was going to be me against everybody because of how beloved everyone in that family is or was or whatever. Uh, so when I made this challenge to see our punk, I did it for a reason. I did it because I want that. I thrive off of 10,000 people booing me. Like, there's nothing better than having the whole crowd chant that I suck because I don't suck. My record proves that I don't suck. And yes, like CM Punk is undefeated since he's been back in All Elite Wrestling. Uh, or since he's been in all the wrestling, but that doesn't mean he's never lost in his life, right? Yes. And we we win some and we lose some, but you know, I, if, if I told you I didn't have some tricks up my sleeve ready to go, I'd be lying again. And, and I'm not a liar. I try to speak facts. <laughs> and the facts are that I have a winning record in 2021, um, and I'm going to do my absolute best to make sure that Thanksgiving is really fun for me. And the only way it's going to be fun for me is to go home knowing that I beat CM Punk in his hometown. And that's upsetting to hear if you're a CM Punk fan. But at the end of the day, that's okay because I'm never going to be the top t-shirt selling wrestler. I don't want to be. I don't want people to buy my shirt. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, like, I want to be hated. Because when I see people in the airport asking me for my autograph, I don't want to give it to them. So if, if, if when I had to be cheered and I had to be nice to everyone when I was teaming with guys like Dustin Rose and stuff like that, that was not who I am. So, uh, you know, so it'll be really fun. I'm excited. You know, like I said, this is a, an amazing experience for me. Uh, I know the whole world in that arena is going to be against me, but... It is what it is. I've been the underdog before. I think I've been the underdog in, in his, you know, in my whole professional wrestling career, um, and I think I've turned out okay. Uh, yes, <laughs> if I could say so myself, right? Um, you know, <laughs> I, I managed to get to a place in my career, never being over in my wrestling career, and still look where I've made it. So imagine, imagine what happens after I beat Punk tomorrow. So I always talk to coaches about game plans. Are you giving it away? You say you have a plan. Are you willing to let us in a little bit? Can you keep the door ajar? Let us know. Maybe a little outside interference, a little, you got something in your well, trunks. You know, I, I mean, was willing to do this one-on-one. -on -one. And then Punk wanted to call out my guys. And Anthony Agogo is back. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I've made sure our travel team has gotten them travel. They will be out there. And, you know, I'm going to let Punk retract his statements tomorrow when we get in the ring. Because if not, you know, it's going to be a numbers game. So I've never, in the record books, 
It says I have a winning record. It doesn't say how I've won all my matches. And that's what matters. <laughs> just so he's not cocky, ladies and gentlemen. He's just convinced it's QT Marshall. And he's going to be taking on CM Punk. AW Dynamite um, Wednesday on TNT, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. QT, it's been my pleasure. To ver- Thanks so much for coming on on ESPN Chicago. Thank you guys so much for having me. Like I said, check out Dynamite tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be a history-making event as I give CM Punk his first loss and in his hometown. <laughs> Thank you, QT. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> QT Marshall uh, from AEW with us here on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday, proudly brought to you by Manscaped, manscaped.com. Guys, you know you need help down there. You know I'm talking about uh, below-the-waist grooming issues with your ears and your nose when it comes to hair listen that's why we have manscaped.com use the promo code hood h-o-o-d and save 20 percent manscaped.com again the promo code is hood h-o-o-d my last name all right thanks so much for listening to the special edition of tuesday wrestling tuesday glad we were able to talk to qt marshall classic heel that guy in the territories from portland to puerto rico he would have been booed <laughs> because he's so confident and just so ridiculous uh, he has a very high opinion of himself. We'll see what happens against CM Punk on Wednesday. I'll be in the house at Wintrust Arena. My brother's coming in from Kansas. Uh, so we will watch it together uh, on AEW Dynamite from Wintrust Arena in Chicago. By the way, we have a YouTube page, youtube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. And the merch, the merch is coming soon. Whether it is T-shirts or hoodies or glasses or socks, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday merch is coming very, very soon. Look for it. Hope that you get a chance to support us because I love you listening to the show. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with me, Jay Hood.